0: I'm Evelyn, and I'm a geoholic.
1: All right, we're, we're live. We're live right now? Yeah, this no is the way! inaugural interview. Oh, my Hang out uh, at the 2022 Roads and Streets Conference. This is a big deal, is guys. Is everything
2: working, first and I, foremost?
1: Hey, hey, I, what do you see? Do you see action here? Yep. I mean, are the levels
2: you, okay? Am the, I hitting the six? What's going on? Uh, you are hitting the
1: six. Okay. You are uh, hitting the six. Actually, you're a little hot. Let me let let right, me me pull right. you down a little bit.
2: All right. This is the very first one, so. Yes. We're all working right, out the kinks.
1: All right. Can you give us a little intro of what we're doing here? Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, here we are, Geoholics at the, uh, as Sean mentioned, the 2022 ACEC Roads and Streets Show in lovely Tucson, Arizona.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. A little rainy today, but uh that's a very nice house. It was kind
2: of yeah, nice yeah. to see the rain, except for, oh, you know yeah. what? I got up at 6.30 this morning to wash my freaking car. Oh, yeah. Well, and then I'm driving here and it's pouring rain. Yeah, well, there you go. Good God. I can't, yeah. I just can't do anything right sometimes. That's I right. Swear. That's right. But you know what? We're here. It's the right place to be. Uh, Thanks to ACEC for allowing us to be here. This is a great opportunity. Oh, absolutely. We're gonna have so much fun over the next couple days. Yes, we will. Looking forward to it. We uh, literally
1: got set up, sat down, ran into a friend, sat him down here, and we're off and running, so. (laughs) I'm still sweating. Yeah, with that, uh, Bob, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit of uh, who you are, who you work for, how many years you've been coming to this thing, and uh, anything else you want to get out there.
3: Hey, Bob Martinez with Granite Construction. I'm a senior estimator. Um, been with Granite eight years. I've been coming to this conference on and on. I want to say maybe six years. Six years, it's okay. The best okay. conference for oh, our kind far. of work in Arizona for uh, just to get out there, meet people, discuss work, um, and everything—everything everything, uh, construction.
1: Everything construction. Uh, so you said you're an estimator for granite. That's correct. What's that like? Uh, were you in down here in Tucson or up in uh, up in the Phoenix metro area? We
3: opened an office uh, almost two years ago up in Tempe. Okay, so yeah. In, I am in Tempe. We've got uh, maybe about 10 folks out there that are working out of that office, and I'm one of them. All right, all right. How are things going? Going well. You know, we wanted to be controlled not be crazy and we've we've done that we've got some work Um, we've uh, put on some crews and um, we're doing exactly what we wanted to do
2: how long uh, have you been at granite eight years eight years you said okay and before that where were you
3: i was at uh, ace asphalt ace asphalt cool so what's like
2: uh what's one of the top five coolest projects you've ever worked on
3: uh, when Any
2: career-defining projects that come to mind?
3: Mm, when I was at ACE, we did the uh, reconstruction of the Oval at for Volkswagen. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, so down that, in uh, Maricopa. Maricopa, uh, yeah. that was mm-hmm. incredible. We uh, teamed yep. up with a uh, contractor out of Germany who brought a parabolic paver. Nice. Well, and, I'm going
1: to uh, I'm going to want to hear a little more detail about that. That was
3: uh, it was a lot of fun. It was incredible. Interesting. In- incredible once once in a lifetime kind of deal. That
2: is awesome. That's a good one for the resume for sure. That is. Yeah, what do you like best about what you do?
3: You get to control your your week. Really? Mm. I yeah. mean, I uh, you know, it's uh, when you're in construction and you're running projects, the project kind of dictates your time. Sure. As an estimator, you uh, get to dictate your time by scheduling your, your workload.
2: Yeah, I kind of envision it, and tell me if I'm wrong, so the you, you you do the bid, you win the project, right? Everyone's happy, yay, 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 Bob's a rock star, this is awesome, you know, whatever, two year long project, project's over, it comes under budget, are you an absolute rock star? And if it's over budget, are they like,
3: that freaking Bob? We're only rock stars of the day you get the job. <laughs> Good or bad, afterwards it's the PM, <clears throat> the PM brings it home, the PM takes the credit. Yeah, uh,
1: so how is the credit exactly uh, divvied up there? Is I'm guessing as soon as you you, know, you put some iron on the ground, it's all PM and then from there it. on that's it? That's it. Until There's, it's a problem, then it was Bob's fault? That's the old joke, anything that uh, yeah. goes
3: well is a project manager. <laughs> And anything that does not go well is the estimator. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. All right. Fair enough.
2: That is funny. That is funny.
3: How big of a company is Granite? Granite, um, over mm, between 3.5 and 4 billion uh, wow. nationwide. we nice. more specifically located on the western portion of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do projects in Florida. We've done projects in, uh, in New York. Um, but again, most of our company is on the west side of the country
2: nice nice speaking of florida i just walked by uh like a bank of tvs and had the news on and florida oh, the, is the, getting yeah, devastated yeah. I hurricane the thing, right yeah, the, highlight, yeah. the the headline was florida devastated by hurricane ian or whatever wow. so they are getting hit hard yeah, so hope lots of prayers is, uh, out uh, to yeah, them
1: yeah, that absolutely for sure. yeah. yeah i think i saw a uh a, a video on instagram or something of it was all of the electric repair you know the boom trucks that were just Lined up, huge parking lot full of boom trucks, yeah. just waiting, waiting for her to be called out. I mean, oh, it was yeah. almost like the entire state was just congregated sure. in that area.
2: Yeah, crazy, crazy.
1: Uh, what is the uh, one thing that we always like to talk about is kind of like the craziest project or the most, you know, what's the? I don't know, maybe I say craziest, but what's like maybe the 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 one thing that when people ask you or give you an example, of what you do, what's the one. You know that one story that you always tell that you'll never forget uh, as like a day on the job.
3: I don't know about one story, but the one thing that I like about my job is I get to see things and places that a lot of times most people don't get to see. Right. You know I've been in you know Pinal County where they have a a, a dam in the back and back resets somewhere and it's it's green and luscious because it's where the river gets dammed up and and normally you don't. As a as a as a citizen in Arizona, or in the in the Phoenix market, you, you don't get to see a lot of things. I've I've seen some towers that are built on top of some buttes. Oh yeah, um, just the incredible things you get to see just as a, as a civil uh, construction uh, professional. Something
2: sure. I find absolutely amazing about what you guys do: you bid on these massive projects, multi million dollar projects. Right? Let's say there's four bidders bidding on them, and it's incredible to me that at the end. And in a lot of cases, these four bids could be within five percent of each other.
1: Yeah. How yeah, do you yeah. how, how do you guys have does it that dialed happen? in? That I see these good? things. Yeah, multi million dollars with a with a couple pennies in between.
2: That's four different I estimators mean, looking at it from yeah. four different
3: companies. But yeah, you're all within five percent. What is the magic potion for that? You know, I tell people all the time that when you look at a large bid like that, for example, we just were red low on a uh, $172 million uh, I-10 project just a week ago. Nice. But when you see the whole process, the plans, the specs, it's something that has evolved over time. If you you were just to come out of nowhere and said, hey, I'm going to procure a project, you could never get to that level of documentation Mm. out of the gate. This is something that has happened over years at agencies. Uh, at state organizations, so yeah. when you get a set of plans and you see your specs, your standards, your specials, all this is years and years of accumulation of data. It's, it's years of the agencies and the, and, and the DOTs refining their process, sure. so when they give you these plans, there's opportunity for the estimator, uh, or the estimators to come up with a, a winning strategy but for the most part, the skeleton of what is is being built is already there for you so they they generally aren't very wild swings okay there okay. can be but you've got the whole project in front of you for the most part
1: uh, on, a, on a job like that like. What do you, When do you think, you mentioned it's like years and years in the, in the making, like what's the typical start, especially like an ADOT project like that, When is when does that start being an idea, then it's, you know, when was that a twinkle in somebody's eye to when you actually go to bid it and get
3: red low? You know, I Congratulations have, on that, by oh, the way. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Thank you. It was a big team. <laughs> big team. But uh, I have the pleasure of, uh, of teaching uh, or going and speaking uh, to the U of A students every year. Oh, nice. A couple times a year. Right. And one of the topics we discuss is the lifetime uh, of, a, uh, of a cycle of a project, right? So when I first got out of college, I worked for the city of Lubbock, and we had a street widening project. And I was involved as a young man in that street widening project. And that project actually had started... The initial planning was like thirty years prior to that day when I was Did you say thirty? Thirty years. Yeah. Oh my God. So so you gotta go back to the initial planners, right? So there's a planning state. They they and this is something I don't ever get involved in, right? So so somewhere, someplace at an agency, someone, a planner, is putting together what the city's gonna look like, the expectation ten years, twenty years, thirty years down the road and they may take an arterial road, designated an arterial road. Maybe it's only a two-lane road 30 years ago, but they have plans for this to be two lanes, four lanes, three lanes, or six lanes, whatever, however many lanes. Yeah. So by the time something occurs, it's years and years really in the making. And I like to refer to it almost like a train, right? So you sure. see this train and it's, there's this little speck out there and it's running, 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 getting closer and closer. And then at some point as yeah. a as an estimating team or a company you see that train oh it's here it comes let's get ready for it yeah and then it it passes by you and you put a number to it and if you if you get it you get it that's great and then the train just whizzes on by and then yeah if you're lucky
1: enough to grab on a handle and hang on you (laughs) go with it and if not it whizzes (laughs) by you and then there'll be another one in another 15 minutes right exactly yeah that's awesome uh, that's a cool analogy i like that yeah so yeah a lot
2: of fun really good stuff um Tell you what, we've about reached our 10-minute breaking point here, if you can yeah, believe that. Yeah, already. what else
3: you want to get out there, Bob? Nothing, guys. I appreciate you sitting down, having the yeah. opportunity to sit down with you guys and yeah. uh, having this experience. One more, yeah.
2: one more quick question for you. Yes, sir. Um, so we like we were talking about before we jumped on here today, we do this you know, once a week, basically. And um, at the end of every single episode, we ask all of our guests this exact same question. And sooner or later, we're going to write a book with all the answers. Uh-huh. Here's the question. Uh-huh. Do you have a mantra that you live by?
3: A mantra, hmm, I, I just I, outside of work or anything? Or yeah, whatever, anything, Whatever yeah, you want. Yep. You know, I, uh, as an individual, I'm, I'm a 52-year-old man, and a long time ago I learned to uh, not worry about anything else other than what you can control.
1: Love it. So ah, love it. Great yeah, advice. That's, great. that's great, great advice. All right, Bob, All
2: right, we appreciate friend. the time. Great to meet you. Thank yeah, you. Great to
3: meet you. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Had a lot Sounds of fun. Sounds good. Bye-bye. All right, uh, what do we
2: have with us now? Evan, go ahead and with that last name. That one's on you, buddy. No,
4: come on, you can't get that Fishgrund. There it is. Fishgrund. Fishgrund. All all right.
2: That's a good Italian name. Ooh,
4: I get Italian a lot, but it's actually Hungarian. Oh, Hungarian. All right. Hungarian, Germany. Have you
2: been back to the homeland? I have not. I've been to Italy. Okay, hey, that's pretty close. (laughs) That that is pretty close. Yeah, I hear it's beautiful country.
1: Uh, We're back here at the 2022 Roads and Streets. Uh, so, first off, tell the audience a little bit about who you are, who you're with, what you're doing here, how many years you've been coming to this thing, and anything else you want to get out there.
4: All right. So, Evan Fishgren, I'm with Advanced Drainage Systems. Evan knows us as ADS. Okay. Yes. So yeah. we are yeah. a stormwater manufacturer. So, a lot of okay. pipe, underground attention, storage, water quality, all that good stuff. Okay. Okay. So, I've been with ADS six years. I'm the regional engineer. Nice. So come here. Uh, most of what I do, working with the DOT. Okay. Working on specs. so okay. Real exciting stuff. There you go. Right. Working with spec yeah. uh, with agencies. Uh, get involved on a local level, so work with a lot of the cities here trying to get our
2: products written into their specs. Okay, all actually, right. You all know what? Right. We actually have a Dan spec that we work with. Okay. <laughs> he's not super excited either, so <laughs> yeah, something yeah, about right. specs. I don't there's know what it is. Something about
1: specs, right? I guess You I'll know he's going to gonna be on here later, so we're going to make sure we bring that up.
2: Okay, I'll have to meet Dan yeah. spec. Right? Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Um, so, what makes ADS better than any other? company like yourself that's doing the same thing.
4: Okay. Well, uh, usually I could do an hour on this. I do lunch and learn presentations, lots of slides, Ah, fun stuff. Okay. All right. Um, What makes us the best? So we want to be a solutions provider. So if you have a stormwater question, I've got a product for you. All right. So depending on what you need, get super down and dirty and technical. But generally speaking, when we're working with engineers, that's what I like to tell them. If you've got a question, I've got
2: the answer. Okay. All right. It's kind of like... Uh, I, I'm familiar with that model.
5: Yes. I'm with that yes, model. Yes.
2: And, and, and never say no, right? Never say no. no. of course
4: not. So what we did, we started as a pipe company, right? So making black thermoplastic pipe, that dual wall pipe that you see if you drove out here on I-10 Broadway curve, right? Yeah. Now all that yeah, pipe yeah, stacked yeah, yeah, up. That, is, yep. that, is that your pipe that out is there? That is our pipe, Oh, yes. man. Um, so that's what most everyone knows us for. But uh, somewhere in the early 90s, we realized, hey, instead of being a pipe manufacturer, let's be a solutions provider. So that's where we started expanding.
2: Yeah, that's a great philosophy. I love that. How big of a company is ADS?
4: (laughs) Huge. So I come from the consulting side and spec a whole lot of ADS without realizing how big they are. So we are actually an international company. Wow. Got over 50 plants in the United States believe over 3,000 employees now, that includes manufacturing, delivery, mm-hmm. uh, actually trade on the stock market too. So very, very big nice. company, but we do like to have a local feel. So.
2: Would you invest in them if you had the opportunity? Well,
4: that's insider trading,
6: can't
2: answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Dan Speck. Yeah. Hey, there's Dan Speck. <laughs> we were just talking about him. <laughs> um, so. Pipe. How long have you been working with Pipe? Because my my question is this. How much has Pipe in general advanced over the last 5, 10, 20 years?
4: Yeah. So the question back to you is how old do you think I am? How long have I been working? 20 years. Ah, 15.
2: Ah, that's pretty good. That's That's pretty pretty good. good. Yeah. So
4: I'm looking. Wait, that means I look older. That's Yeah, I was
2: going to say (laughs) it.
4: So, yeah. uh, So I've been on the consulting side. I was doing that for about seven years. Eight years before I came on with ADS, so just civil land development, doing a lot of that drainage design. Sure, yeah. Uh, I've been with ADS six plus years now. So, to answer your question, it's yeah. constantly uh, changing. Really? So it's constantly materials? innovating.
2: Is that what's changing?
4: Yeah. So yeah. So the pipe that you saw driving along is HDPE. Okay. We yeah. have a newer product, polypropylene pipe. It's twenty years old, but gener- you know in the stream of. Um, all of development, that's relatively new, but we're constantly updating, looking at new products, looking at new mixtures, additives, optimization, coming out with new products, so slotted drains, um, bio-retention, manufactured, so. Uh,
1: you're gonna have to circle back on that one. <laughs> give me a little, uh, give me a, the, the the beginner's guide to bio-retention. Yeah,
4: yeah, so from a water quality standpoint, so admittedly, I cover eight states. I would say Arizona is um, still learning about what water quality means to them, but basically bioretention, like manufactured bioretention is using uh, plantings up top and then you have media. So you're helping, it's a little more of a natural way of cleaning your stormwater before you're dumping it- uh, Into the ground? Yeah, dumping it to the ground or into- (laughs) Uh, a river or anything like that so, okay. so so water quality could be anything from a sump inlet to a separator to a filter to a manufactured bio you know biofiltration product so guys.
1: correct me if i'm wrong the evolution of ads here instead of going just providing the pipe that gets that into that bioretention. You're now designing the entire system or providing all the resources uh, to make the system work instead of uh, just that pipe.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. So like we have a product EcoPure that didn't exist when hmm. I first started with ADS. That was our answer from a manufacturer, you know, bioretention. So
1: what do you think the, uh, speaking of that, that didn't, that didn't exist, what do you think the most exciting or the the part of the technology that has come along the most in your extensive 15-year career?
4: Yeah, it's water quality. Water Just, quality? And it's it's really the question hmm. of from an agency standpoint, right? So it all trickles down. As an engineer, you're going to design what an agency is making you design, right? right? What are those specs? And then where, where are they getting it from? Well, it's coming from federal level and then it trickles all the way down to that drop of stormwater. Where is it ending up and what's in it? Right. So.
2: Yeah. So, what does the future of pipe look like?
4: <laughs> well, if
2: I told you that, yeah, I'd right, have to kill think, you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think
4: uh, it depends who you talk to, right? So, I know that we are constantly looking at innovating, whether it's larger diameters, whether it's um, optimizing what our what our resin percentages are for uh, for different diameters. It's really mm. how do we provide the best product fast and at a cost-effective option. So, say everything is on the table for us. We have a whole R&D department that I am very much removed from. Okay, okay. So, by the time it comes to me, it's already been It's already it, been r and d is Which is where we want it to be.
2: Right, all right. So, this is going to be a question that I'll be right up Sean's alley. How much does the soil... Impact the type of pipe that's being used. <laughs> I'm a
1: I'm a geotech
4: engineer. No, I lawyer, picked up on that. I say, yeah. So yeah. you guys are interviewing me, but I got questions for you all right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it's really more of the other way around, Ooh. right? So it's less about hey, I have this soil, and that dictates what pipe material I have. It's more of hey, if you have, if you've selected a pipe material, what kind of backfill do you need for that? Well, how do you Sure. What moisture content do you need for that? What kind of compaction level do you need for that? Get
1: into stuff like E-prime and uh, modulus oh. of elasticity and all kinds of fun Oh, I took my geotech thing. classes back
4: in college. There we go, yeah. Never do that again.
2: But, um, <laughs> I'm just a surveyor, so it's only chains and links. That's all i Right. I did, yeah. I did yeah. some yeah, that, of that. That's all it is. I
4: did some as-built surveying as an intern back in New York. Hey, we're hiring. <laughs> yes,
2: yes, yes.
4: Yeah, that was fun popping a sanitary manhole lids. Yeah, it was, it was exciting <laughs> as exciting
7: <town>. as it sounds. Right, right,
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, what else you want to get how, out there?
4: What, how far? Are we, you got? How far? Are we I got the thing? timer here. You know? I know. Oh, we're almost done. All okay. right. Yeah. All right. Lots more. What? What are you? What is? What is Alta? 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 Al- Alta? Yeah. Alta? Alta Southwest. Okay.
1: Engineering, geotech, survey. We are a solutions-based uh, engineering firm. Okay. We we specialize in uh, materials testing, geotech, and survey. Construction staking, mapping.
4: Interesting. Boundary,
1: ALTAs, hence the name. Just just added (laughs) a civil design uh, component, so we've got a good, strong little group with that, too. So now
4: my wheels are turning with that. Sounds like I got to come in, do my real hour long song and dance for civil design.
1: Uh, Oh, wow, we should do that. That'd be great. Yes, we love hearing the lunch and learns.
4: And, worst case scenario, get a free lunch out of it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah, no we've got a civil department that would love to get fed for an hour.
2: Okay, perfect. All right. All right. We're about to wrap up with this one. Evan, one last question for you. Do you have a mantra that you live by? A
4: mantra that I live by?
2: We ask this question to every yeah. single yeah. one of yeah. our guests. Yeah. It's and, there's and there's single not single a show. wrong answer.
4: No, there's not. I got that. I was, I was thinking deep down, what do I do? Trust your gut. I was, no. lit- I was literally telling a friend love today- it about that. He's thinking about making a move. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence, but it feels like the right thing. I said, look, you've been doing this long enough. Trust your gut.
2: Right on. I love it. All All right, Great to meet you. Appreciate your time. Nice to meet you. We'll see you around this week.
1: All right. We are back. We are here with the one and only Andy Quigley. Andy Quigley. Tell us a little
2: about you, Andy.
0: I'm glad to be here. I'm a... um a dinosaur. Uh, Pterodact- Pterodactyl? Uh, ter- yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've been in uh, public works and for about uh, 42 years. Okay. Wow. All right. All um, right. I was there when they invented it. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm very excited to uh, be uh, working. With Alta, uh, yeah.
1: What? Uh, what? Well, tell us a little bit about your uh, experience in public works. Do you, from what I understand, you're uh, in the Tucson area.
0: I'm I'm in the Tucson area, although I've worked uh, throughout the country, from uh, Northern Virginia to uh, suburban Chicago uh, to the Southwest Arizona. So I've done a variety of projects. I guess my big capital project was the uh, the largest waste. The energy plant in the country um, in Fairfax at 3,000 tons a day. Wow. Uh, And then I guess uh, my next one was the streetcar that I did in Tucson. Very cool. Apparently
1: that's a big deal around here.
0: uh, It's a great thing to get around town, and uh, it's done a lot to the economic development of the city. Um, And it's really connected the city to the U of A, and that's really what's its intent. Its intent was never to make money. Its intent was to uh, bring about economic development.
1: And would you say that that has been a success based on what we know now?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Even with COVID and everything else, uh, ridership uh, continues each year to break new records. So you mentioned you spent
2: some time in Chicago. Where about?
0: Uh, I was in Northern Illinois. I ran a solid waste authority comprised of 41 municipalities. Uh, That means I had uh, 41 bosses and uh, (laughs) anytime that there was a quorum of 22, I could get fired
1: Uh, (laughs) or get something done, right? Well, I always got something (laughs) done,
0: but uh, you know, it was kind of a little bit like herding cats because we had uh, municipalities as small as 1500 and as large as uh, 80,000. So uh, there was quite a variety and each one of them had a vote. So uh, that was fun. I worked primarily with the private sector at that point, uh, doing contracts to expand landfills and, and doing collection contracts for communities and collection of household hazardous waste.
2: So 40 plus years in public works.
1: That's amazing, by that, the way.
2: That is amazing. Um, what's been your favorite part? Uh, maybe it's a favorite job. Maybe it's something big picture that you just love about working in public well, works.
0: Well, I, What I like is local government. And, and, and local government is where you can reach out and you can do something for somebody every day. You can pick their trash up, you can pick their recycling up, you can make sure the sewer goes in the right direction, uh, you can provide them water service, and you can fix things for them. It's, by comparison, state government, I'm not quite sure what the state does from a locality standpoint, other than provide funding. Uh, The federal government, kind of the same way. So local government is kind of where it's responsive to citizens' needs, you know, i yeah. looking today at the work, that, I mean, the work that's going to happen now in South southwest Florida. Mm, you know, yeah. when I was in Charleston, South Carolina, you know, we had two hurricanes, and we removed a half million yards of debris um, and chopped it up and, and, and made it so that uh, the community was safe. So uh, those are things that we can do every day to help people. So I guess that's that's my big takeaway. What are is, the
2: challenges of working in public works?
0: Well, in my case, basically in solid waste and re- waste and recycling was I'm getting rid of stuff that people don't want and then I'm putting it in a place that people don't want to have near them. So, uh, you know, obviously locating facilities. I mean, a 3,000 ton a day trash plant is not something that people want near them. Uh, we were fortunate <laughs> enough to have that uh, on on federal property that was controlled by the District of Columbia, adjacent to another county. So the Fairfax County really never was impacted by it. From a even you couldn't even see the stack, but you could in the next county. Uh. So they hated me in the next county, but Fairfax they love me. So, uh, <laughs> but again, it's, it's funny th- how that happens. Three thousand tons a day. So it, it's basically a football field, including both end zones. Halfway across a football field and 50 feet deep.
1: And that's, 50 feet deep. That's 3,000
0: tons of trash. Wow. So you burn that every day and you generate electricity.
1: That's amazing. So,
2: so maybe we're getting off topic here, but when you burn that much trash, what does it
0: burn down to? Uh, about 10%. Uh, 10%. So 10%. The, resi- wow. the residue, uh, and then you take the metal out. Uh, you can re- you recycle that very easily with a magnet. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the re- the residue is ten percent, and uh, it goes into a, a landfill uh, adjacent to the facility.
1: Uh, so, uh, switching gears a little bit, I'm dying to d- I'm dying to know. Uh, you recently came back from a big trip. Uh, can you tell us a
0: little bit about that trip? That's correct. I was uh, in Africa and uh, Southern Africa, and I visited. Uh, the country of South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, and Zimbabwe, and uh, it was a really exciting thing, and again, what do I look at? Uh, in addition to the animals, I look at the infrastructure. Right. Yeah. Did you find uh, yourself
1: just just scheming well, on, on public well, well, works I, and how uh, we can well, get some yeah, more the, stuff done?
0: The, the Chinese really run that place. Hmm. I've never seen Chinese wow. loaders uh, before. There was a big uh, open pit uh, coal mine Near one of our our sites, Uh, and there was a power plant, and that power plant had nothing on the stack, so this brown ooze came out of the you know the stack. (laughs) Uh, So, and I think it's going to impact the wildlife too. So, oh sure, uh, but anyway, that's what I uh, that's what I did. And uh, what
1: was your best? best part of the trip the one thing that you said you know of all of all the experiences this is the one thing that sticks out the most
0: well I think the most moving part was I visited um, Randall's Island which is where uh, Nelson Mandela was imprisoned mm. for 26 years oh wow um, and there was 680 prisoners on that island it was about a 45 minute boat trip from Cape Town and just The fact that he was there in this cell with these other uh, prisoners, Uh, and every day what they did is they went to a limestone quarry and they broke up some rocks and they moved them to one other place. And literally the next day they took those rocks and put them back where they dug them up from. And that's what his life was like for 26 years. 26 years. And and his impact on that on that country is just. I, I mean, I guess George Washington had the same kind of impact on us. But um, that was the most moving thing that I did. Obviously, you know, seeing a leopard and all the lions and uh, things like that. But for me, uh, what Nelson Mandela went through was was most moving.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Um, Anything else you want to get out there? Uh, you know, you got 40 years of experience yeah, in public is,
2: works. I right. was going to ask that so question. Is there a, a project that sticks out in your mind that you're most proud of being a part well,
0: of? Obviously, the Waste Energy Project yeah, is, yeah. Is, is one, and then, of course, the streetcar. But you know, I've had also had other projects. I built a, a hazardous waste facility that stores ha, uh, hazardous waste to subtitle C arrangements in a community that I lived in. Uh, again, one of those things that weren't necessarily what something wanted in their backyard uh, a lot of NIMBYs but you work with the community and you're honest and forthright um, and you you know convince them it's got to go somewhere and you know it's just you know the trash and sewage and everything else it all leaves your house and nobody ever thinks about what happens on the other end and you've got literally hundreds of, of people that work diligently and tirelessly to ensure that that stuff is safely managed whether it's sewage or trash or recycling or water, you know. And I was the water director yeah. in Tucson for a while. And, you know, people don't understand. How, you know, I remember one day we had um, very inclement weather in Tucson. I was probably 26 degrees at night. And, and that's, our, our you know, water lines aren't like in Illinois. Our water lines are three feet deep. And so, you know, things are getting nervous. And, and the Central Arizona Project called us and, and called me and said, hey, you know, Andy, we're not giving you water tomorrow. And you're going... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no water. So, yeah, we served about 60 million gallons a day of water to the Tucson and Pima County. And so, you know, we had to hustle around to get our groundwater system back up and running because in Tucson, we haven't really we haven't relied on our groundwater for a very, very long time. It's been growing and probably 15, 20 feet, um, you know, higher than it was some years ago. But we had to get that up and going, and we did. And everybody got their water the next day. Now, other people had problems with water lines breaking in their house, um, things like that because of the freeze. But uh, at least we were delivering water. And, of course, those breaks took place on the other side of the meter. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, is that one
1: of those things that, like you said, no one even realizes any of that went on. They just know that, that they woke up the next day and right. there's water coming out of the faucet. Yeah, and then, uh, meanwhile, the guy with the cape here is the one that make it up made it right. all happen.
0: Yeah, it, it's just... Uh, Not me, I mean, it's it's the meter readers, it's the utility guys that are out there digging, working, Um, you know, when a a line breaks uh, in the middle of the night, you know, they're out there getting wet, and when the sewer breaks, uh, you know, force main breaks, it's a mess. So, those those people really are unsung heroes. Um, Public works staff, and even the private sector staff, you know, the guys on uh, waste management trucks. Uh, guys with the you know, private private water companies, they all work hard to deliver a service that people really kind of come to just not even think about because it's right. just so automatic. But you go in Zimbabwe or Botswana or, you know, Z- Zambia, it's, yeah, it's a little more dicey as to when you're gonna get water and electricity. Mm.
2: So Andy, before we let you go, uh, one more question for you. As you said, you've been doing this for 40 plus years. Uh, you've made a number of trips around the sun. Do you have a mantra that you live by?
0: Yeah, same one that my father. My father was in the hotel business, and um, he had this on all of his hotels. He was the general manager of hotels through nine to ten different states, and it's called Be Nice to People. Nah. And, 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 you know, if you are nice to people, um, generally that's going to get you a long way, yep. uh, whether it's your employees or whether it's the public you know, it's, that's my moniker is be nice to people.
1: Well, uh, I've gotten to know you the, la- the, the last year pretty well, and I can honestly say you definitely live by that. Cause you've been a you know, very nice guy to work with here. We hope we do a lot more. So appreciate you stopping at, by. It's thank been you.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Andy. It's been time. great. Thank great to you. Time. We have
2: Chris with us. Chris, if you would, real quick, go ahead and introduce yourself.
6: I'm Chris Solani with Semex uh, in Phoenix. How long have you been with CEMEX? Almost 10 years. 10 years? years. Holy crap. All right. And
2: what do you do for them?
6: Uh, I'm on our Sustainability Infrastructure Solutions team.
2: Sounds uh, engineering related. I think I'll let Sean uh, take it from here.
6: That's a pretty uh, (laughs) pretty
1: in-depth way to say something. Imagine I'm five years old, what would you tell me you
6: did? We help design roads and that we drive. Okay. Are
2: you a PE then? I am not. Working towards that? No. No? No, no. uh, so uh, You've
1: been, been with SEMEX for 10 years. and uh, what In what, uh, what uh, area? I know. Uh, uh, are you new to, to the Arizona market, or uh, where have you been working out of primarily?
6: I've been working here in Phoenix. I graduated from ASU oh, with nice. a construction management degree. Okay. okay. How'd, that, um, how'd that do for you? Really good, <laughs> so far. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I started off on, on the ready mix concrete side, quality okay, sure. control, and then moved into our sales department.
1: And when was that move
6: uh, I moved into sales like four years ago and then I just recently started this infrastructure solutions job about uh, two months ago. oh nice, nice. So yeah. what
2: are you it's only been two months but are, what first of all why did you want this position and second what do you love about it
6: Well, I was looking for something kind of engineering related um, mm-hmm. I won, actually went to ASU originally to be a civil engineer and then ended up switching to construction. But I was really interested by concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen the, the Ready Mix concrete side and then, you know, this job gave me the ability to get involved on in the more of the working yep. with agencies, working with Geotechs, working with a lot of local companies here on designing roads and specifications which yeah. I think are a lot of fun to get involved with and yeah. you know, pretty interesting to see that side of the business that on the, you know, sales side and Q C side you're not involved with in the, the beginning, but you kinda get worked into once the project starts and kind of figure out what's good specifications and what specifications need to be kind of altered if you you can. Yeah. So
2: Sean talks about concrete a lot. I do. And it's weird, but I'm curious for you, what fascinates you about concrete? Well,
6: when I was in middle school, I actually wanted to be an architect. Okay. You know, building houses and stuff was pretty interesting. And then, uh, originally wanted to do bridge construction. I thought bridges were just fascinating. I went over the uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge mm. in Virginia one year, went for vacation with my family, and I thought that bridge was just absolutely amazing. That, just, that's what
1: I want to do for a living. Yeah, I, wanna I was do like, this. That,
6: I want to design bridges. Um, so didn't quite get to that, but you know, just still being involved. I think concrete is just such a versatile material. Sure. Um, just the science behind it. It's just, there's lots of um, you know, it's been around for so long, but yet we keep invo- you know, evolving and getting new technology with concrete, and it's just, uh, I, think, I think it's just fascinating.
1: Well, I wanted to ask about that. What is some of the new technology with concrete? And I'm telling you, from my experience, there is new technology, and not a lot of people know about it. And yeah. you are probably one of the few people that can talk very well about this.
6: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's admixtures, right? So, okay. you know, there's a lot of uh, super plasticizers and, and retarders and stuff that you can do to concrete to help extend the shelf life, right? Uh, you know, finishability, you know, higher slumps for, you know, pumping up to, you know, multiple stories and high up in the air for, for buildings. So... I mean on the technology side on the ready mix side you know we mm-hmm. have a lot of different automated systems on our trucks to help you know control the slump on the way to the job site and kind of help drivers um, a lot of safety features in our trucks to help interesting you know with accidents and help drivers you know get to the job safely and yeah. so
2: yeah so what are what are, they, what are the biggest challenges I mean, like for the drivers that you talk about like they they only have, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just a surveyor, but isn't there like, there's a timing factor, right? Like once they leave wherever they load up with the concrete to wherever they're going, isn't there like a time factor in there? Or no? Am I yeah, completely off Yeah, that's
6: about, it's about a 90 minute time okay. uh, that you have yeah. between getting loaded to pouring out concrete. Now some of it depends on the specification. Got it. Some of it depends on any sort of admixtures added to it, but yeah. 90 minutes is about the the shelf life that most specifications will, will give you.
2: Mm-hmm. And what is the title of the guy that's like mixing up this concoction for the concrete? Is he the baker? baker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
6: we have batch operators. Okay. Yep. Okay. Batch uh, operators, but, but, they, they operate okay. the plants and they, they mix the concrete into the plant and yep. dump it into the truck. Yeah. But the who, who
1: makes the recipe? My, my, I'm always curious. Like, there's guys that, you know, I can bake a cake as long as the, as long as it's listed on the box, you know, what proportion of what ingredient, who decides, you know, I know Betty Crocker makes the best cakes and I just follow her recipe, who makes a recipe for concrete?
6: Uh, Typically our quality control team. So, so originally when I, when I started with the company, that was part of my, my role is making up concrete mix designs, uh, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, going into our QC lab. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And test batching those and getting, you know, your, your test batch results and your fresh properties and also taking your cylinders and yep. making sure it makes strength and over-design. So that's yep. part of our quality control.
1: I know Kent doesn't see, see, see this as exciting, but me as an engineer, like the idea of just getting all these test batches together and like a little more cement here or a little more water here and then seeing all <laughs> the different test results and what, I think that's so cool.
6: You, yeah, you wouldn't believe all the different, you know, iterations of mix designs that we come up with and just, yeah, little tweaks here, little tweaks yeah. there, you know, changing your percentage of rock and aggregate and admixtures right? And cement and fly ash. It just, you know, you can kind of find a good formula and then just kind of tweak it here from there. So Yeah, well,
1: before it ends up being a sidewalk, somebody tried a whole bunch of different yeah. ways to get that to be yeah. the yeah. most efficient, you know, like you said, different admixtures, different proportions to be able to meet strength, but then not too much and and perform as it should be. So I, I think it's really cool. Is right?
2: the mixture for concrete for a sidewalk, for example, is it different than for a road? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Different strengths, different properties. I mean, sidewalks. Well, you, you know, don't drive you on
1: the sidewalk, but you want to drive <laughs> on the road. So it should be a little different, How right? Yeah. Think?
6: yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You know, the way the way it's placed is also different. Got it. So most, you know, roads are going to have a paving machine uh, where sidewalks just be placed by hand. So. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. I so uh, what else? What else do we want to get out there to uh, the listeners? Maybe about yourself or what you're doing what with you Centex, or yeah, what are you excited about? What, well, what?
6: I am. This is my first Roads and Streets conference. Yeah, well, so. that's one of our
1: questions. So, yeah. so okay, this is your inaugural run. It is. So All I'm, right. Know, very All
6: excited right. to see the different companies here and the presentations, and um, yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to do some networking and, and get my name exactly. out there and sure. introduce myself to a lot of people and, and get some uh, some good contacts and. I look forward to, to meeting everyone.
2: Awesome. Cool. Um, what else? Anything else? We good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Before I we let you one, get out of here, one more. last question. Sure. We um, ask every single one of our guests this question. Do you have a mantra that you live by?
6: It's a great question. I don't. No. No, I just—I don't have one. I just go with it. Just go with go the flow. With the, yeah, go with the flow. That's Whatever like, happens, hey, hey, happens.
1: that's a that's a mantra. Yeah. Just go, just with go the, with the flow.
6: That's that's what my wife tells me. She's like, she's the planner, and I just go with the flow and see what happens. Yep. So. yep. yep.
1: Nice. All uh, right, Chris, it's been a blast. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great yeah. to meet you. Yeah, nice to nice meet, to you. meet yeah. you. Yeah, we'll see you around
6: this week. All right, you too.
2: We have uh, Tate with us. Tate, real quick, if you just give us your name, who you work for, what you do. Um,
7: okay. My name is Tate Childers. I work for Alta Southwest or Alta Arizona. I don't know. I don't even know what, we, what we're called now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work in the survey department with with Kent. Uh, Kent pretty much introduced me to surveying like four months ago, and I pretty much fell in love with it, and I've been doing it ever, ever since four months ago. Yeah. And yep. just, just learning so much every day.
2: Yep. Great addition to the team. Uh, Tate just jumped right in and uh – with both feet, and of course, you're going to East Tennessee State University yes. now. Yes. East yeah, Tennessee. yeah. Tell,
1: tell us a little bit about that. That's mm-hmm. a common theme on here is, uh, you know, education in the survey space and what that's like and the, the availability. And t- tell everybody how that's going. You're what? Uh, this is
7: the first semester? Yeah, for, first semester at East Tennessee State. Um, and you're still doing it? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> dropped out yet. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. All, all right. Um, it's, it's, it's been really good. It's... Um, I love how applicable everything that I'm learning is, um, like not, not necessarily every day, but I, I, I know in the future that this stuff is really gonna come, come in handy, uh, the stuff I'm learning, and, and the, the professors are just so, you know, you know, they really wanna teach you stuff that's actually applicable you know, in, in surveying in real life. Um, I feel like it's not super common in other degrees.
1: Yep. Uh, I can tell you that it is not at all super common in other degrees. It is a very unique thing to be learning. I mean, you're also in a unique space that you're actually doing the thing that you are learning to do Mm -hmm. at the same time, but also the stuff you're learning, you see immediately like that can help me tomorrow. And that thing that Kent said two weeks ago, I now know what that is because the guy finally showed it to me. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah. And, And all my peers, uh, you know they're working too while going to school, so we're all kind of in the same boat. And really? The, and the professors know that, so it, it's really beneficial that way.
1: So you're saying that uh, it was a good decision based
7: on what you know right now? Yeah, yeah. For now, yeah, it seems like a really, really good decision.
2: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's refreshing to hear that about the, you know, uh, about the, the curriculum and the coursework and stuff like that, because you know, as you well know, Tate uh, serving is evolving at such a rapid pace. Um, especially on the equipment side, you know, with scanning and drones and everything else that we have access to. And it's hard for curriculums to keep up with that advancement. So it's, it's really good and refreshing to hear that East Tennessee yeah. is doing a good job at that.
7: Yeah. The, one of the classes I'm taking right now is like an intro to unmanned aircraft systems and we're learning all about the science behind it, mm. some photogrammetry stuff, cool. and just h- how to use it too, like how to use the software. like. Some of the most popular software that goes with drone surveying. That's awesome. Uh, that
1: sounds like a perfect friend of the program, uh, uh, the East Tennessee State guys, because yeah. they ties in a lot to what we do, and I think a lot yeah. of the listeners would be very interested in uh, Tate's mm-hmm. experience.
2: Yeah, I think it's a perfect marriage. Actually, I'm going to reach out to those guys. I, I really think great it idea, should. Sean. Yeah, 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 I think it really should. Yeah. yeah, we had Parkland Community College as a sponsor uh, the last couple of years. Okay, all now, right. For the yeah. same reason, they got a survey program, two-year program. Yeah, But yeah. no, it's a, it's a perfect I mean, marriage. we
1: talk about it enough. We should actually have some got some mm-hmm. entities that do it and sure. apparently do it very well.
7: Yep. Yeah. And and there are some geoholics at East Tennessee State
2: too. Oh, there's really? A number, yeah, a, a few, right? For sure, yeah. Tyler and Farah, and who else? I think there's three or four for sure. Interesting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, maybe the uh, maybe the geoholics should get involved a little bit with the uh, with the program over there. Hmm. I, I, I smell your, like your a gist gist are spinning, guest lecturer tell. by Mr. Grow here. Mm, so maybe mm, also
7: another thing that's good news for for the world of surveying is their enrollment at East Tennessee in the surveying department has doubled this year. Really, yeah. really. The first semester, yeah. First semester, I'm I'm there right now. What do that's they amazing.
1: attribute that to? Is it just are they doing the promotion, or is I, way the you I, think I, I there think, is I, a tide changing in the industry? Where
7: I think it's guys like you two that are are. Introducing people to surveying and making okay. and to grow. And I, think,
2: I, I think you two think, are the real heroes. Oh, uh, uh-huh. yeah. you're just
1: buttering us up
2: because we work together. <laughs> Come on, Tate. But in all seriousness, though. Totally I, true, but yes. <laughs> I think you're right, Sean. There is definitely a changing of the tide. And I okay. think it's as a result of a lot of people's efforts over the course of the last five to ten years finally starting to see the fruit of that labor. And what I mean by that, the results are that there are younger people coming into profession, you know, not in droves, unfortunately, but to the point where we're starting to see a difference. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Like the, the last survey conference I was at, the one in uh, Vegas, whatever that one was, the seven-state survey yeah, So many young people running around, you know, and it was so great to see because you just haven't seen that in a while.
1: Uh, So what else you um, you have this? You are at the Roads and Streets conference. Yes. Um, This is uh, obviously your first time at something like this. Yeah. What uh, What are you doing here? What do you What do you want to What do you want to do and hang out?
7: Um, I just want to learn from and just I just want to learn more about the industry and learn from other great minds in the industry. I mean, there's a thousand out here, so. (laughs) <laughs> and, yes. They're, and it, they're, it, they all it, know definitely way more than me. So, Yeah, um, and
1: there is a lot to learn here, and yeah, a lot absolutely. of uh, the industry leaders yeah. are and, in and, this room.
7: And also, I'm just interested to see like some of the new technology that, that's coming in the industry, and, and I know that a lot of that's probably going to be showcased here. I, I still haven't got a chance to, to really walk around yet. Um, this is like my first stop, so...
2: Of course it is. Yeah,
7: of course. <laughs> beeline
2: to the Geoholics booth and figure it out later. Yeah. So, before we get, let you get out of here, um, one of the things that you're here for is the new Arizona Young Surveyors yes, Network. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. gotta plug not sure. that a little bit. I don't yeah. know how much you know about the whole thing and what's going on because it's so fresh and new. No,
7: yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know that the Young Surveyors Network is is pretty popular in some states, not very popular in others, and non existent in some. Yep. Um, uh, a, A guy I know is starting it here in um, Arizona, and there's just a few of us, um, but yeah, I think we're just trying to, the mission is just to expose young people to surveying. Yeah, um, I am so excited. And and we have a good group of young, energetic guys and gals, Yeah, and um, I I think um, something could definitely happen there.
2: I think it will for sure. Let's mention some of those names. Uh, Nick Schlosser, of course, uh, Farah is involved mm-hmm. with it. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Will Wing, I Will know, Wing, is helping yeah. out. Um, yeah, Will Wing's here. I so saw him earlier. Yeah, he yeah. popped in yesterday and chatted with us. Um, yep. So yeah, there's some really good people involved and exciting to see because Tate, like you said, for example, up in you know Nevada, they've got a very strong Young Surveyors Network. Yeah. And let's not forget to tr- uh, plug Trent Keenan and his efforts up there because he basically kind of keeps that on track. And I know he's probably more than willing to help you guys as well. Yeah. Um, so I have no doubt that it'll be successful um, and I, th- I think the right people are involved, so yeah. I, it's great. I, I think we have reached out to, to the Trent. Nevada YSN. Yeah, his daughter, I think, yeah. runs it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So what are you excited about? What are you excited about uh, career-wise, whatever, I mean over the next year, five years? Um,
7: yeah, I mean like we said, like uh, the technology and surveying is changing Quite drastically, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of surveyors out there that are kind of um, not really being very accepted to the new technology yeah. coming in. I've, yeah, I've heard true. I mean, I've I've only been really at one place, but from other other guys, I've heard have been in multiple places. You know, they mm-hmm. run into a lot of these surveyors that aren't really uh, technology yeah. oriented, like look looking looking for better things. And uh, so, I think there's a lot of room to learn and, and grow in that aspect yeah. um, so I'm just excited like the the possibilities of surveying seem pretty pretty endless like the, the ceiling's very high for sure yeah. No
2: question I mean, and for you personally I mean you start out in engineering right you're you're two years into the engineering program right mm-hmm. so now switching over to survey I'm kind of backtracking a little bit but did those credits transfer over to East Tennessee yeah State? actually
7: well, honestly, more than I thought really? they it would, yeah because um, i've I've transferred schools before, and I, I've had a scenario where like literally two out of my ten classes i've taken a full year transferred and stuff like that, so um, and especially when you're going from to one state like a, a junior college in one state to a four year university, you know halfway across the country, like right. I, yeah. I wasn't very optimistic, but uh, yeah and, and that's just credit to East Tennessee state too. Um, the counselor or the advisor and, and some of the professors in the department realize, okay, you've legitimately taken these classes. Like, like these are very applicable to some of the stuff we require. Like, yeah. we're not trying to cut you short. Like, we all want you yeah. to graduate and become become, you know, surveyors. Yeah. So, so it sounds
2: like it's been nothing but a good experience so far yeah yeah it has, that's awesome for sure. that's awesome and I, I just want to add that you know a, a person like Tate and you know the age group that you're in pursuing a, a, a career in survey doing it the right way going to school for it and like the sky's the limit you guys are like gold in the profession and uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for you personally
7: oh, Thank so, you, I appreciate
2: you it. Yep. all right that's great. Uh, Hey, do, Man, do, you one, thing, do you have a mantra? Yeah. a mantra that you live by? Yeah, What? a mantra. A mantra. Do you have a mantra?
1: <laughs> um, In all of your experience and wisdom,
2: what is uh, the yeah, mantra that mantra. you live by? <laughs> Let them play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play ball. There's I guess. not a wrong answer here. <laughs>
7: um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really put this into like a, a, a good phrase, like a good. Uh, like catchy phrase, but I've always thought that when you work with a team or you have a team mindset, you know, like a, a goal that's bigger than just like personal goals. I feel like everyone grows way more um, if they all adapt that mindset. Yep. And and obviously, I got that from playing baseball for several years. Sure. Especially in college baseball, like it's way different than like high school or youth. Like yeah. it's it's tough out there every day. Yeah. And um, when when you think with the team, team might like like your team's goals, you put you put them first. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier going through day by day and getting better.
2: Well said, man. So well and, said and
7: I th- I think I think that applies to literally anything you do in life I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. And
2: I was just thinking about this, I don't know, a week or so ago. Like building a team, like building, you know, a survey department team. There's different ways you can go about it, you know, like you do you have like, you know, all farm team guys, you know, or do yeah. you have a mixture of veterans and and rookies and that type of yeah. thing, you know, I mean there is definitely uh, a the right mixture that you have to have in order right. to make it work, in, right. it, yeah, in addition sure. to the attitude and the uh, perspective that Tate just shared. So that was awesome, Tate. Thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Of yeah. course. Thank you, guys. Okay. All right. Uh, Mandy, why don't you uh, introduce okay. yourself real quick?
5: Uh, well, my name is Mandy. I'm a marketing specialist over at Dipple Engineering. We do okay. a lot of civil engineering um, work for most of cities like City Mesa, Maricopa. Yeah. we have our transportation team all here. Yep, it's exciting. Nice.
1: So, nice. Yeah. Uh, how many? Uh, how many times have you been to this conference? Are you a new one, or, or is this a is this a frequent thing for you? I'm a newbie. You is this wow. your first year at Roads and Streets?
5: It is. Wow. That's probably
2: if you think about it. That's probably the case for a lot of people. Yeah, uh, uh, you, Just, ha- you like, know what I mean. Just well we have so, so many new hires and everything. This
1: this is the first year that the geoholics have been on. Are at the road at this conference? Oh, really? Uh, I've been coming to this for at least ten years, uh, but this is definitely the first year we've done a road show at the conference, and so far it's
2: a huge hit.
5: Awesome! Yeah, that's really cool.
2: Finally hit the big time, as right. you say.
5: You definitely lure people on with this because we think you're giving out shots. <laughs>
2: That is
1: false advertising. Uh, For those who can't see, uh,
5: I started walking over, (laughs) and then I got pulled. That that
1: is a unique, one of a kind, (laughs) geoholic special whiskey bottle that we're gonna we're gonna give away to a special business card holder that they put in our little
2: fishbowl. We do have a second one, Sean. We've talked about opening it up.
5: I just have a QR code.
2: Uh okay. Okay. All right.
5: Yeah. All right. Yeah. We might, um, we might be
2: able to work with that. We'll see.
5: So tell <laughs> us about yeah. your job. What do you love yeah, about yeah,
1: it? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what you do, what all you're right. doing here.
5: Um, well, I basically take on a lot of the digital marketing for my firm. Okay. So I get to do like the social media doing like, I did a lot of banner ads for this uh, conference for our, for our what, booth What's a banner ad? It's basically a different ad where, like, you can go into this platform and, like, about three miles around this conference, it will ping people's phones. It like basically we buys. Shit.
1: We need to get our marketing department. Hold on 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 a this. Second. hold on. A second. Are it's you?
5: It's uh, called uh, geofencing. Do you, geofencing. I, I, know, yeah. what that is. Right I know
1: what you are right in line with. Yeah. We talk about geofencing so much on this podcast; it is unreal.
5: Do yeah. you
2: do you do any side work
0: for podcasts? <laughs>
1: No one will I find have out.
5: Yeah,
0: we are looking for a
1: social Mandy, media, Mandy. I can edit all this conversation out if you want to have a little side gig as the uh, social media <laughs> expert for the geoholics. And it's not even a conflict of interest. It really isn't. No, this it's, is, it's a it's a one plus I, one equals
2: three. I think we're onto something here. We <laughs> yes, just found absolutely. our social media maven. I think we did, Maven Mandy. Our maven
5: social maven
2: media maven, Mandy. Is yes. that my superhero name? Yes. Okay, uh, good. that's I was perfect.
5: Thinking about that, Mandy. How long have <laughs> you been with Dibble? I've been there for about six months now. Oh, wow. Where, yeah. where you were you before? I was at a marketing agency. Okay. Um, it was more of like an ad agency. I But before that, I was at City of Mesa um, in development services and economic development for about five years.
1: Okay. So you're you're not new to the AEC community.
5: I'm not. And I actually missed it.
1: Well, uh, how, I mean, obviously, when you get to be around all these great people, I mean, I'm sure it, yeah. it, it's all coming back of how great
2: an experience it is, right?
5: Obviously.
2: What do you like about being on the, um, the private side versus the public side?
5: Um, well, you definitely get to invest in the brand more. Mm-hmm. Like with an ad agency, you have your clients but you're not able to really like fully invest and be able to dig deep into that brand Mm -hmm. and really bring out that brand's like personality and performance and like you know because each brand has a personality it really does yeah and it's all about getting that voice out there so it's easier to have a consistent voice when you're in the private sector and also i really missed like being able to um hear about these projects going Mm -hmm. on that are like bettering our cities bettering our streets bettering our community and um, it was really cool to work at Economic Development City of Mesa to see all that. Got and it. that they were like kind of the um, the middleman between like development services, who does all the permitting and the plan reviews sure. and stuff. Well, you've got
2: a great background for what you're doing for Dibble. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they yeah. love you having that. So you mentioned that the, every brand has a personality. Yeah. So Dibble is a brand. Yeah. What is Dibble's personality?
5: Um, well, they're definitely a culture of caring. Okay. And they're very, um, quality is like the top important thing for them. Mm-hmm. And they're very um, established in what they do. They have a lot of experience. They've been around for like 60 years now. Yep,
2: I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. great company. Great company. Yeah. Very
5: Definitely. well respected. Yes, and they do treat their employees really well. It's awesome. So. Uh,
1: that sounds like a great culture. And the fact that it's defined and you yeah. know what it is is
2: even better. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are you excited about? You've only been with Dibble for a very short time, but what are you loving about it?
5: Um, well, I'm getting to do and coordinate all the events and everything, like mm. the trade shows. I'll be nice. at a lot of these. Yep. And um, then also we have our 60th anniversary celebration coming up, wow. so that's been kind of a big focus of mine lately, yeah, just because like, um, we have one in Phoenix, one in Denver, and one in Tucson. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you guys
2: have office in Denver?
5: Yeah, I didn't know that. It's fairly new. Fairly so new, huh? We're bicking in there. And
2: Dibble's one of those firms, like you said, been around forever. Yeah, I'm sure they get approached all the time to be acquired by a larger firm, mm-hmm. but yet they're st- yep. steadfast, yep. Mm-hmm. haven't yeah. given into that. Stayed, you know, a state homegrown company. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. I love it.
1: And 60 yeah. years is a phenomenal thing. I mean,
5: yeah, absolutely. For especially sure. for just a company to stay alive. Yeah, yeah, like, especially profitable. That. Long.
2: What are you? Uh, your first time here, as you mentioned, what are you hoping to get out of this?
5: Um, well, I definitely want to just network and get to know some of the other companies in the industry. And um, I'm looking forward to just like talking with more people, getting to know them, um, hearing about like more of the projects going on and yeah. just more about this industry.
2: Sure. Yeah. Is, it, is it valuable for you um, from a professional perspective to get to know other people that have your role with like companies?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. That is very valuable. Yeah. Sometimes for inspiration for social media, I will stalk other companies' pages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. Who and do you
1: think is like the role model or like the, who does the best in social media in the AEC space mm. so far that you've been you know able to figure out? And it doesn't it have to be your a stalking. local company. It, can be, or it, can, be yeah, it can be anybody. Yeah, it can be in our um, space.
5: Hmm. Uh, Greater Phoenix Economic Council. Has like a phenomenal really? marketing program. Yeah, interesting. I only know that because of I was in economic development at City and I always stalked their page. Okay, all right, all, <laughs> right. all right, fair enough. So yeah, and um, Jones Studio Architecture has a good one too. Okay,
2: all yeah. right, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, on the social media front, like, uh-huh. fa- I mean, I'm older generation, of course. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn. What else we got? What's one I'm missing?
1: Uh, oh, I mean, it depends Twitter. on where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, Twitter. Twitter yeah. Of
2: those platforms, do you feel that all of them have something to offer AEC companies or do you focus on certain platforms?
5: I do focus on certain platforms, but I believe that different ones are good for different audiences. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Instagram is great for bringing out like the gorgeous pictures, showing like a project, good for like video Um, LinkedIn is great for, like, going into more detail about the project. So, it's, like, Uh a lot more, um, just a lot more details. Is Dibble on Snapchat? We are not on Snapchat. Snapchat is
2: still a thing. (laughs) With Reels, I would think Snapchat kind of went away.
1: I don't know. know. I mean, there's something to be said of of the of your your content disappearing after the the one time you look at it it's <laughs> right? probably not an effective marketing yeah. tool but I mean who knows you never know
5: for some companies uh, and some audiences it is
2: okay.
1: yeah, there you yeah. Go. Yeah, good answer yeah, yeah, yeah. good
2: yeah. answer yeah. Yeah. what about TikTok that.
5: TikTok that could be good for actually AEC, you think
2: Really? I think so yeah. because
5: it could really highlight the different projects you're doing the progress you're making on them and uh-huh. everything Like, I, I mean yeah. it,
1: in my experience in TikTok you can go through rabbit holes in TikTok of stuff that you never thought that you were interested oh, yeah. in yeah. And which kind of ties right into the stuff that we do of like, man, yeah. I watch them make nails or like watch a guy pull something out of bamboo or something. <laughs> uh-huh. like. We could do the same thing of like yeah. setting up control <laughs> on something. like. like, you oh never God, know. like totally. It seems very tedious and monotonous, but that's what yeah. I'm telling you. That's what gets the views on TikTok is like, the stuff you would never imagine. Yeah. yeah.
5: Even like a tutorial or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. But
2: what's the generation that's on TikTok? Like, I, I'm not on TikTok just for that very reason, because I don't want to go down a three-hour rabbit hole. I, and this, by the way, you told me, I think, that you have like an hour timer on your TikTok. I do.
1: So and that
5: I, when
2: you I, hit an hour, it's like, no more.
1: Uh, no, no. You have a, right? it's a it requires that's a password smart. to put in to keep going. And oh. I hit that just about every day.
5: Oh my gosh.
1: Here's another thing though and we talked about this on what episode. Your phone will tell you how much t- screen time you have on every day and what apps you spend on your phone and how long. Really? Uh, it is sickening to look at because say, yeah. You are disgusted when you look at when you look how when you actually figure out how much hours you put on every app on your phone oh every gosh. day. My gosh. Cuz you're so like, funny. okay, I'm awake for uh, what, 16 hours, yeah. 17 mm-hmm. hours and of that at least half of it is on your phone, yeah. and it's not work-related. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, anything else you want to get out there for uh, for the listeners or anyone else?
5: Um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have
2: any mentors you'd like to mention? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, oh, we're a big we're, mentor. We're big her. into mentoring yeah. on this show.
5: Um, actually, Kim Lothgreen. he was the marketing manager at Economic Development. He was um, definitely my mentor when I was, cause I was going through school mm-hmm. um, for marketing at ASU uh, while I was working there. And he taught me so much. He let me get my hands dirty. He let me like do the geofencing. He mm-hmm. taught me how to do a lot of the digital marketing and mm-hmm. just kind of like a lot of marketing strategy. He really honed in. He's like, always know your audience. Okay. Great, See, yeah, great advice. Very good advice.
1: Yeah. Almost
2: sounds like a mantra. <laughs>
5: that is the
1: one thing every person we have yeah. on this show, and every guest, and every every interview here today, we ask the guest: Do you have a mantra you live by?
5: Oh. Um,
1: and you can't use "know your audience" because you just you just said it. I know.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that like okay, you can't swear on here. So yeah, you can. you can. Really? Yeah, nobody cares. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess my mantra for life is just. it's <laughs> okay. Fuck it, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Love it. Because nothing like, wrong with that.
1: There you is know, nothing wrong with that.
5: You know, whatever happens in your life, you have to make that decision. And I must yeah.
2: note, Mandy has not stopped smiling since she sat down. Not at. She's not a one happy individual. nothing less, not, not, not <laughs> so so less than a huge smile. It. She lives it. Yeah.
5: Try. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Mandy, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really enjoyed it. Great. great to meet you. Nice thank to meet you. Guys.
5: you. This is fine.
2: (laughs) All right, we have Jordan with us. Jordan, real quick, just tell us who you are, who you work for, and what you do.
5: Mm
8: -hmm. I'm Jordan Rodriguez. I'm a civil engineer in training at Stantec. I'm doing project management for water infrastructure, really anything from industrial water to irrigation to um, water treatment. And I've been with Stantec for about four years now. And Kent and I go way back to when we <laughs> used to be co-workers. <laughs> we uh, do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I nice. saw Jordan
2: walking around like, oh, my God, there's
1: Jordan. It's so cool. Oh, that's but, cool. Have <laughs> uh, you ever been to this conference before, Jordan?
8: No, this is my first time. I'm here as a presenter. Um, we'll be talking about a oh, wow. cool... Um, developing an innovative uh, or holistic internship program to attract the next generation of talent. Whoa, Please, um, really? Yeah, hopefully you guys will get to attend tomorrow. It's at uh, awesome. 3 p.m. Can 3 you give us a,
2: like a, just like a sneak peek of uh, what you're going to talk the about? The
1: geoholics yeah. are very interested in the up and coming new young interns and yes. engineering uh, and folks out there. So, yeah.
8: So um, really, I guess high level, uh, basically, you know, super competitive labor market, not enough skilled labor, and the new generation of people care more about meaningful work and really feeling like they work for a company that matters. So we've completely redesigned how we onboard and involve interns in the company wow. to treat them like they are full-time staff and you know, investing in, in them as if they're already fully involved in the company. So professional development opportunities such as career exploration, um, Uh, uh, what do you call it? Resume workshops, you know, um, mentoring, and as well as teaching them about all of the business lines within Stantec. So even though they're working with say water or Mm -hmm. transportation or um, surveying, whatever it is, they're going to learn about everything Stantec does and how they support the mission and all of the different things that we do to really give them like the full picture while also seeing what else is out there. Because, it want to give them the opportunity to know that it's okay for them to transfer like we have a there's a coworker in my office who started out in water but now after um she was in an intern in water but now that she's full-time she's actually in transportation Mm. and we want to help support people to really find their passion so if it means changing business lines then that's fine with us. Yeah that's really cool.
2: And it's interesting like at Stantec obviously like Jordan mentioned I had you know worked there um, we overlapped for about a year I think maybe six months something like that Mm -hmm. but we got to know each other a little bit talk podcast blah 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 and Stantec obviously massive massive company tons of opportunity there what you're gonna be presenting on does it also correlate to smaller businesses? The yeah. smaller companies
8: so I purposely made the presentation generalizable enough that it can apply to really any group um, really I mean it works better as long as uh, whatever the company is or even it could be for a municipality mm-hmm. as long as they have more than one department or like they do more than one thing they'll be able to really appreciate everything in the program granted The majority of the presentation applies to any company regardless of their size. There's really Mm -hmm. only one part that is more applicable to an interdisciplinary team that maybe has more than one function. And that's, um, you know, I don't want to give away too much. But basically we have, like, the program is broken up into two segments where one applies to all interns that really get the full picture. And then it breaks down into a separate, um, like, business line specific component so where water will get you know separate like um uh, what do you call it like separate learnings or separate um you know um, exposure to different things that's Mm -hmm. unique to water or transportation would also get its own and so that's really the only part that is maybe more applicable to a diverse organization Mm -hmm. but um, outside of that everything is applicable to companies as small as you know two people
2: well, congrats, man. That's so cool. You're presenting tomorrow. I'm going to have to try to uh, break away and check that out for sure. Uh, I definitely will be. As the, uh, yeah.
1: as the intern uh, guy at our, at our firm, we've got about four or five or shoot even more than that. So yeah. we are always interested in doing more. And especially we talk about it, I think, at length of yeah. how do we get more young people interested and how do we engage interns and how do we turn them into professionals?
2: And how do
8: we re- retain them? Right. That's the yep. biggest thing. Exactly. That's yeah. And that's been kind of the one challenge for us is the, I mean, not really just us, but really for the industry as a whole, yep. there's such a challenge retaining staff with zero to three years of experience. Oh. So figuring out how can we, you know, how do you treat them like they're already part of the company and show them that they have value? And so I'm Good so stuff. excited to hear that you guys will be, you know, are excited to learn about it because, you know, we really need to create a revolution of, yeah. Treating interns better and showing them that working for a company can be exciting. Sean
2: has not stopped smiling for the last I'm five. Minutes. I'm telling
1: you, and, and what, well, I think you hit it on the head there. Of, it's okay to make a change, and it's okay, to, like it's my job to find the best fit for you, not for you to decide if you like what you're doing or not and then yeah. say you don't and then walk out the door. It's like, no, there's a lot of different things we can do and a lot of good fit. Yeah. And it's more about finding what the best thing is. Because if, if I find something that you like and you do it well, I win no matter what. So it doesn't, <laughs> I lose win- if I win. put you in yeah. a spot that you don't want to be in.
8: Exactly. I mean, I've been with my company for over four years and I feel like I'm still finding my niche. So trying to expect an intern to know what, like, what, what you know, their passion is right out of college, without often without I, I, completing college? I, I
1: think the idea that you are supposed to graduate college and know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your career is a fallacy on all our parts. It should be, here's a bunch of different stuff you can do. When you find the one that really clicks with you, let me know and we'll go down that path. Yes. Am I, am I? Am I? Am I stealing too much of the? No, no <laughs> thing I'm, tomorrow? I'm so happy to hear
8: like somebody else saying that because that's exactly it. Like it's unreasonable to expect these people to know like you know their 40 year plan. So we need to have that flexibility in mind and support them to figure out where if their interests lie, where they currently are going down or not.
1: And like you said, it is okay to make a change. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, and doubt. no there And the one thing I find myself saying is, there's no decision that you're going to make right now or in the next five years that is going to impact your career significantly. The only thing is not taking an opportunity when it's there. That's the only thing you're going to regret. You're not going to regret, oh, I decided to go into survey for a couple years. You're not going to regret that. You're going to gain a lot of experience and know what you know and know what you don't like if you don't like it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, well said for sure. Mm-hmm. So what, I, I want to mention one other thing. So Jordan, one of, the, one of the reasons I was drawn to you, obviously, is, you know, you're visually impaired. A very good friend of mine, Glenn Abramowski, who is a legend on the show, coined the phrase, add value, make friends. Oh, uh, really? Oh. Also visually impaired. Uh, also an engineer. So I knew that I'm like, okay, I got to somehow connect Jordan with Glenn because these two guys are going to hit it off. It's going to be amazing. They can talk about their successes and blah, 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 blah. Sure. How has... How has your, your impairment affected your career to date. Obviously, you've overcome it, um, but talk about that just a little bit for anybody else out there who might be dealing with the same thing.
8: Yeah, so I think, yeah, so being a, an engineer with a visual impairment or, well, a visually impaired engineer, I really don't care on person versus identity first, but um, I guess it's changed my perspective in terms of what I value and the type of things that I will champion for when it comes to, Working as an engineer, so hmm. I've become a lot more considerate about you know how can we make our processes are more inclusive and really am trying to weave accessibility into yeah. everything. Hmm. Even though you know water isn't all usually the most like consumer or like. Uh, oriented mm-hmm. projects, with it being you know generally out of sight, out of mind. Um, I've still made sure that whatever we're doing, we need to make sure everything is accessible. So, like I've been giving um, accessibility trainings to various teams on how can we make all of our documents accessible for like meeting the ADA standards Hmm. so because we're designing for the public and it's very possible that you know the whatever government agency or municipality we're designing for may make these documents public like for the public to share we want to make sure that they're going to be accessible regardless of you know of who's going to be using them so I've been that's been kind of one of the things I've been championing for Mm -hmm. is how can we make this more of like a practice throughout the company but also I've been trying to get more um, support, more like improving the diversity of our hiring and really helping empower like the people already at Stantec to make sure that like they know we have these great resources and we have the tools available to help people with disabilities like be you know a contributing member to the team because there's a lot of value in the unique perspective that disabled people and people with any marginalized Mm -hmm. identity bring to the table. Yep. So finding out how can we you know support them and really like you know take advantage of the expertise they have.
2: Uh, well said, my friend. Really, well yeah, said.
1: We yeah, really friend. good stuff there. I mean, mm. wow. Yeah.
2: Um, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here?
8: Um, not that I can think of. This yeah. has been. What's it, what, so you, much what are you fun. excited about these days? What keeps you motivated? Um. I've been. I think I'm excited to finally get to travel again. I've, you know, sure. definitely it's been a while since I've gotten to go anywhere, and so I'm looking forward to that. But also, um, I don't know, reading. I guess I've been reading a lot. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what, what what kind of
2: what kind of books do you like to read?
8: Um, a lot of it's either science fiction, or um, you know, thinking about like the future of society, but also just reading nonfiction books, either yeah. regarding society like understanding infrastructure like how did we get to where we are today what's actually you know why is the power grid set up like it is like really oh nerdy yeah. engineering type yeah, things. yeah yeah what do you, but that's
2: right in the wheelhouse here mm-hmm. jordan so <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun but, um, mm-hmm. good stuff man well, hey before we let you get out of here we uh-huh. have one final question for you we ask every single one of our guests this question from every single episode do you have a mantra that you live by
8: You know, I I want to say yes, but of course my mind's going to blank on it sure. when it's asked. Um, I guess it's one phrase that really stuck with me from yeah. reading the Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. Um, is uh, it's kind of like a book about like user friendly or just really good design. And it's if you have trouble using something that should be easy, you're not the problem. You're dealing with something poorly designed and that's really stuck with me yeah. especially with regards to like inaccessibility sure. and everyday things like, it was really disheartening for a while to try to do things that I used to be able to do before I lost my sight mm-hmm. and, have, and it like, was such a I don't know, a really empowering statement to remind myself like yeah. I'm not the issue, this microwave's just only designed for fully sighted people and that's not my fault like, and it's its fault, not yours mm-hmm. that's exactly.
2: right. it's good stuff Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like that
2: a lot. All right. Well, hey, Jordan, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Good to see you, man. Yeah. You're a yeah. rock star, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad we got to reconnect. Yeah, it's Same. amazing. It's
8: a lot of fun. This was so great to talk and catch up. Absolutely. Thanks again, you guys. All right. Yeah, you thank bet. you.